1: Welcome to Tim Hortons. Thanks. I'll have... A uh, pumpkin spice latte? How'd you know? Oh, was it my pumpkin earrings? Yeah, maybe. Or is it my pumpkin hat? That's a great hat. Oh, is it my ringtone? It's pumpkin spice time. Yep,
2: bingo. It's pumpkin spice time now at Tim Hortons. Indulge in a creamy pumpkin spice latte or a sweet and cold pumpkin spice iced cap. Pumpkin spice beverages are back now at Tim Hortons. Limited time only at participating in restaurants. Welcome
1: everyone to another episode of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Tapuric and today now that our division previews are over, we're bringing back our annual league pass rankings. Before we get into those, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are hosted. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I'm not going to lie to you, Brian. I am in severe physical
0: pain because I was watching the uh, the Pacers-Kings game, and I had Jordan on top of me, like lying on my chest, and I'd, I angled him in a way so he could watch the game with me. And because of all the colors, he was very interested. But as you know, he's so young, he can't control his arms yet. Now, one of his right arm just smashed back into my head, into my eye. And somehow, <laughs> somehow, he managed to get one of his little fat fingers inside of my eyelid and Ooh. started pulling.
1: Oh, well, that's awful. I'm in awful. pain. Yeah. I'm in pain. Yeah.
0: So so I'm, I'm looking forward to waking up tomorrow with like a blue eye. <laughs>
1: Good. Godspeed with that. Yep. Uh, we also have a special guest on today. Usually we have our former co-host Sarah Chalea on as our annual third member of these, but unfortunately she has a job where she can't do that anymore because she's actually working for a basketball team. So good for her, but bad for us. So instead we brought back, or we I think the first time actually. The- that is the first time the podcast maestro of all podcast maestros dave Dufour of the athletic dave how's it going man uh this is only my 80th podcast
3: appearance of the week (laughs) i'll I'll have you know um i'm I'm doing all right wait i didn't know sarah got a job with a basketball team
1: yeah nobody tells me nothing yeah she is she is grinding her way up yeah. Um,
0: Interesting. She is by far the most successful <laughs> of the original three.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Also the smartest. Right. Oh, so, for sure. You know, yeah. like we're I'm not, not surprised. <laughs> yeah,
1: without
3: Actually, question. Sarah, Sarah is one of my favorite writers.
1: Yeah. Like mm-hmm.
3: she, she is really, really good. So, yeah. Did not know that. All right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Good. All right. Good news. <laughs> so, Dave, before we get into these rankings, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work? Uh,
3: I mean, so all the podcasts are on the Athletic app. Um, you know, they're very easy to find. You hit the little antenna on your phone or or I guess also on the website. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm Dave Dufour NBA. The NBA is, you know, so you know that I talk about basketball. <laughs> also, someone else has the Dave Dufour handle. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. I think he's also like a, a Trump guy too. So. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not cool. Oh. Yeah, he's like based in Indiana. Oh boy. Oh yeah. yeah that
1: that yeah. that that uh, fits. more. see, this is why I told you don't go to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. No, I I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So. I want to preface this conversation by just saying this was, for me, the hardest year we've ever done these because as I was going through the list, I realized like how many teams I'm excited to watch. So we ranked all these teams 1 through 30 in terms of number 1 was the most excited, number 30 was the least. Just because there are 30 teams, there are going to be teams low on the list, but like there's only three or four teams that I genuinely do not want to watch this year. Like So if your team is 25th or 24th here... That isn't, we don't want to watch them at all. It's just that there are really an extraordinary number of teams that have interesting storylines to monitor this year. So don't be offended if your team is extremely low, except for the last couple, because we genuinely don't want to watch those teams.
3: There are teams in my bottom 10 that have players that I'm really interested in watching. It's just more the team itself that's going to be awful and (laughs) unbearable.
1: Correct. So... At number 30 for all three of us was the Charlotte Hornets. I think that speaks for itself.
3: I think they made a big mistake not trading for Andrew Wiggins.
1: Ooh. That's
3: they should have just gotten Wiggins.
1: Yeah, if you're going to
3: be Yeah, if you're going to be bad, mm. why not, like, take a flyer on a guy who maybe just needs a change of scenery. I understand you don't want Michael Jordan to commit a murder on a player <laughs> under contract. But, right? you know, hey, these are the risks you got to take if you want to be the eighth seed every year yeah exactly. are you saying that terry rozier wasn't a risk <laughs> I, listen terry rozier shooting 30 times a game is going to be performance art I'm here for that. <laughs> it really
1: is it really is um the cleveland cavaliers check in at number 29 for us morton and i both have them at 29 dave you are at 28
3: yeah i mean they're young they're going to be bad um i'm curious to see what bayline does mm-hmm. Um, I, And, I, you know, I'm a big Colin Sexton fan. I think ideally he's a six man, but um, he's going to play a lot next to Garland, I think. And it's going to be that's going to be interesting, but it's going to be awful.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's where I was, too. It's just like this team is going to be so bad. I, I'm intrigued to see the, the Sexton Garland fit in particular, but this team is going to win like 22 games. So I just don't really care about them.
3: Oh, you're taking the over?
1: <laughs> is that the over for them? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. The Washington Wizards were at 28 for us. Mort, you had them highest at 25. I was 28. Dave was 29. Mort, is yeah. that just Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal,
0: and I'm still emotionally invested in Troy Brown. And honestly, how can we not, I mean,
1: look after the next Giannis Antetokounmpo guys? Come on. That is like, that is true. That is true. I I'm just hoping they trade Bradley Beal and then they can plummet to 30 for me. But until, yeah, I mean, because they have Bradley Beal, they were not dead last. But they are also going to be a train wreck of suck. And I I like the comments he's been giving about his extension where he's like, oh, yeah, I haven't really thought about that. It's like, guy, they offered it two months ago. Just say you're not going to sign and that you want to trade. New York Knicks, 27. Uh David, I both have them at 27 more you were 28. Is this just like they have a lot of talent, right? I mean, yeah, not just
0: all place at the same position. <laughs> I was going to say, right. yeah, they have 58
3: million dollars committed to the power forward position, and that doesn't include RJ Barrett and Kevin Knox, <laughs> one of which is probably should be your four, right? Yeah, right. Um so, yeah. Listen, I, obviously Brian and I are just higher on power forward play
1: (laughs) (laughs) Elton brand has infected me with big man fever. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's, I think they're just going to be like the train wreck potential is very high for them, but I think it's just going to be, it's going to devolve so quickly into just like bad selfish play because a lot of these guys are just going to try to get theirs before they get traded at the deadline. And it's not going to be, not going to be fun to watch. Detroit Pistons were 26 for us. Dave, you were highest on them at 24. I had them 25 Mort at 27. Dave, what <laughs> is it? Derek Rose that's doing it for you for the Pistons? Um, no, I mean, listen, Blake Griffin is still a good
3: player. Yeah. And, and watching Blake do stuff is interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see Sekou Dumbuya. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that he might be able to play for them really, really early. And uh, let's not forget, they're going to have Joe Johnson. <laughs> right? So they're, you know, a lot of a lot of cooking going on.
1: That is true. I so saw Joe back in the league. Um, why, why did, especially given your Seku love, why do you have them at 27? Well,
0: actually, because of Derrick Rose. I'm really not interested in <laughs> <laughs> seeing Derrick
1: Rose. Fair enough. Yeah. I yeah. saw a quote. I forget who distributed, but I saw one yesterday. It said, like, derrick rose is going to be playing in crunch time and i was just thinking like who's going to have the bigger meltdown this year donald trump currently or duncan smith in like mid-january yeah <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be close uh phoenix suns clock in at 25 for us mort you were highest on them at 21 dave was 25 i had 26 mort did gerald the other day convince you the suns are fun to watch this year
0: no, but that was a great podcast, by the way. It's it's more so I want to see this team implode. So this is not necessarily <laughs> on court related. This is I, I could uh, just imagine Devin Booker punch DeAndre Ayton in, in like a fourth quarter meltdown. I, I just so many things could happen with this roster. I, I, no, but but more seriously, I do think even though I've been kind of crabbing on Ricky Rubio's contract a little bit, like he's a good player he is a good player and and he is going to bring this team you know make it a little bit more alive i think and can, devin can i jump in for yeah, one second absolutely. before
3: you good off rubio so you just said the most important thing that i think gets left out a lot when mm-hmm. people bring up contracts he's a good player yeah mm-hmm. now is it a lot of money yeah but is it a lot of money for the phoenix suns that aren't going to sign anybody yep. no that's nope. fair yeah Right, and this is—I feel the same way. Demar Derozan is actually a better player than Ricky Rubio, and people crap on that contract. I think that contract is about where it ought to be.
0: Oh, all right. we and we'll, agree I. I mean, it. we'll
3: get there. Like Demar Derozan, twenty-one six and six last year, he was fifteenth in PRF. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Sorry. No, no, we agree. I mean, we I'll actually... get on my Derozan soapbox when we get to the Spurs. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but it's, it's funny you brought up Derozan in that sense because we actually had that conversation a couple episodes back, and we totally agree. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the contract, right? We don't understand, like, the, the basic you know, criticism of Derozan's contract. I mean, it's perfectly fine. We can argue all day long whether they should extend it, which apparently came out today that they're really considering. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. That's a different conversation and altogether. I but. actually think that they probably
3: should. Okay. Unless, unless they're ready to go ahead and go young and rebuild. But if they're trying to just keep it going mm. – yeah, I don't see why, if you did a three-year extension, I don't see why he won't still be good. But I don't want to take us off. Again, I am awful about taking a <laughs> podcast off track.
1: Well, you're good. Honestly, Like we had Gerald uh, from the step back on last episode of so pre- the Pacific, and he was saying what you said, Dave, about Ricky Rubio. Like, yes, they overpaid him, but yeah. he's a good player, and especially for the Suns who haven't had a good point guard in a couple of years now. Like, yeah, the upgrade from Isaiah Kanan to Ricky Rubio is very significant, especially when one of your two top players is DeAndre Ayton, who, like, right. he was saying that they couldn't throw entry passes last year.
3: Yeah. Like, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is going to have, I mean, he had a monster year last year as a rookie. Mm. He is going to have, I, I think he's going to be 20 and 12. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, he's going to be school. dominant he was with Ricky Rubio. He can run and the 10. floor. Yeah, he can run the floor really well. I, and Rubio's just going to open up a lot. I'd like to see them use Ro- Rubio more like Spain does mm. and actually have him be aggressive hunting his shot a little bit. A- and then I wonder if you can't give Booker a little bit more breathing room so that he can actually you know operate and score a little easier, get him some easier buckets. With Aiton in there, I-, I-, I just think, while I don't think they're going to be very good, I think they're going to look better. Yeah. right. It's like a
0: 35-win team maybe. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, that feels probably close to their ceiling. But, yeah, I don't think they're a 19-win team again.
0: Right, exactly. I also think there's a silver lining with the deals that they made this year. Like, we, we've been making fun of, like, the the T.J. Warren deal that I, you know, obviously Indiana just got way more talent in return there. But I, I think this did streamline, you know, their their priorities in a way, and especially in terms of the offense. Like, now there's a clear-cut number one option number two option you know in Booker and Aiden like you don't have all these guys angling for for, for a certain amount of shots every night so mm-hmm. it seems like the offensive structure could be more streamlined, which is interesting. yeah yeah yeah
1: Oklahoma City Thunder are at 24 for us mort you were highest on them at 20. I had 23 Dave you had them at 26. Dave, why are you so low on the thunder this year? Um,
3: I, I'm just expecting them to wind up trading Chris Paul and, and Gallinari. Mm-hmm. And I think you're just going to have a bad team.
1: <laughs> that That is completely reasonable. If they
3: keep Chris Paul and they keep Gallinari, that's a fringe playoff team.
1: Yeah. And Steven Adams is in that mix too. Of, I think mm-hmm. Sean Devaney of heavy.com the other day came out and said, you know, they're shopping around. They're asking for. The standard package of a young player a pick and salary relief and other teams are like nope that's too much we'll see you know as we get close to the deadline whether their asking price falls or whether other teams desperation gets them closer to that asking price but yeah i mean I, I think it's fair to say you probably don't expect the thunder roster as currently comprised to look right how it is come mid-february
3: yeah steven adams would would be a game changer for a bunch of teams yeah um, obviously the Celtics come to mind. Mm. I think the Lakers, he would be like really, really interesting if they could somehow make the money work, which I don't know if they can, cause I don't have the sheets right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm not that, that much of a nerd, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just think, you know, even the Spurs might, might be interested in Steven Adams, um, you know, since they like to be big, but yeah, they've, they've got, I mean, Gallo is really, really good. He mm-hmm. had the best season of his career last year. And, and I think Chris Paul can still help a team. So they've got pieces, and I expect them to move them. It's just like, how, who's going to give up a young player at this point a, or a promising young player for one of these guys? What team is going to feel, okay, this is the year we got to take a swing? Let's do it and, and then give up a guy. You know, is it going to be Miami giving up on Justice Winslow? I Ooh, doubt it. Yeah. I don't think so.
1: Yeah. When in doubt, call the Knicks. <laughs> right. Yeah, especially given their logjam, Kevin Knox should be available come mid December.
3: Well, I mean, Kina is probably available.
1: Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, so I think you could have I mean, him pretty much for free at this point.
3: Yeah, I'm a believer. Of course, I am a blind believer in all French point guards. So <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a curse.
1: <laughs> and then more, you have him at 20. Is it Gilgis Alexander fueling yes. most of that?
0: Oh, all of that. I am okay.
1: that interested in seeing him this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting to learn from Chris Paul is not the worst thing in the world for a young point guard. Right.
0: And, and by the way, just I, I don't remember if you mentioned this at the top, but this is like a subjective list. Like, you know, yeah. I, if even if, um, you know, one of us are looking at a team just for one guy, there are different grades in terms of how much you want to look at a guy. Like for, yeah. for me, SGA is just that that appealing that I am racing this team like 10 spots without him. They would have challenged for number thirty, for me. Wow. Well, that
3: when we get to Orlando,
1: that'll that'll be a part of that oh, conversation for okay. me. Oh, yeah. Nice. I was, I was wondering about that, so we'll yeah. get to them shortly.
2: The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah, that's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo. Send him my condolences. Hi, Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in
4: my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
1: Welcome to Tim Hortons. Thanks. I'll have... A pumpkin spice latte? How'd you know? Oh, was it my pumpkin earrings? Yeah, maybe. Or is it my pumpkin hat? That's a great hat. Oh, is it my
2: ringtone? It's pumpkin spice time. Yep, bingo. It's pumpkin spice time now at Tim Hortons. Indulge in a creamy pumpkin spice latte or a sweet and cold pumpkin spice iced cap. Pumpkin spice beverages are back now at Tim Hortons. Limited time only at participating restaurants.
1: Clocking at 23 was the San Antonio Spurs. I pandered to Jesse Blanchard and Sarah by having them highest at 21. Dave, you were 22. Mort, 26. I'm going to defend my rank first and just say I think their backcourt is just going to be so damn fun to watch. Like, I know they don't shoot threes and just play the mid range, but damn, man. They are not they have like the backcourt version of what the Clippers have defensively with Kawhi and Paul George. So I'm really excited to see Murray and White unleashed together.
3: They had a top 10 offense last year. Yeah. Um, Now, that was built on the back of of what a lot of people think is unsustainably hot three point shooting. But the truth is that they they hunt open shots. So they're getting better looks than other teams. Mm -hmm. And, And yes, the math ends up being an issue. Um, but the bigger thing is that they don't have the high end talent, right? They don't have a top 15. Like it's hard to be a a top four seed without a top 15 player. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nearly impossible. So, you know, when you look at the roster, the way it is, they've actually maximized this roster. And when you've got guys like LaMarcus and DeMar, that, that actually have, they have this like weird, awkward gravity. They have this mid range gravity. I mean, we saw DeMar again, uh, 15th and PRF 41% of his points responsible for were assisted points. Mm. So clearly like he's drawing help. I mean, I, I watched every Spurs game last year cause I'm here. Um, he does draw the defense in and he breaks them down and, and you have to guard him in mid range. And he actually uses that to get to the hoop. So, you know, there, there is a value there to, to a guy that knows he can't shoot threes and doesn't, I, I get it. Like we, it, we've, kind of got this uh, aesthetic ingrained in us at this point that if a guy, especially a wing, doesn't shoot threes, they're just not good players. But DeMar Rosen's still a really good player. He's just not a top 15 guy. So it's hard to outperform what they do. Mm-hmm. But I still think they're going to be fun to watch. I'm with you on that defensive backcourt. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Don't even forget, Lonnie Walker yeah. is one, probably one of the best athletes in the league. Yep, And he's going to be healthy all year, so... That's going to be huge for him.
1: Yeah. I wrote a hype piece about the Spurs backcourt earlier this offseason. I don't remember exactly when, but it's at bballwriters.com. Y'all can check it out. Use the promo code the NBA pod for 10% off your daily, monthly, or annual subscription. More, you had them at 26. Is it just because, no. like, you know they're going to be a well-coached team. You know what they're going. To, you expect out of them, but they're just not exactly. Going to have like a I know super what they sexy, are. Yeah,
0: I know kind of what they are. And also, this is a little bit of a conservative pick because we don't really know for sure about Deontay Murray in in terms of what type of you know condition he returns in. Is he mm-hmm. going to come back running? Is he going to be eased back into it? Like if we knew, if I knew right here and right now oh, he's going to be playing 30 minutes a night right off the bat, and he's all the way back, fully healthy and everything, I would bump them up and somewhat significantly.
1: Okay, that's fair. The Minnesota Timberwolves were at 22 for us. Mort, you were highest on them at 19. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave was 23. I was 24. Given your Andrew Wiggins hate, I'm genuinely shocked to see them that high for you, Mort.
0: No, that's because they have an Andrew Wickens replacement, and I'm very, very excited about him. Uh, Jared Colver, I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be one of the primary challengers for Rookie of the Year. I really love his two way potential. And and Towns last year after Jimmy was traded, mm-hmm. I mean he just beasted all the way through, and I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, over a full season with apparently no Jimmy Butler seems to, because that seems to be like a mental blockage for him. Um, <laughs> But no, Jimmy just seems to remove that blockage and I wouldn't even be surprised if he ended up averaging like 28 and 13 and five assists or something crazy. Like he's he's that talented and he's that good at putting up numbers and when you then have a, a, a guy who is projected eventually to become an elite two-way player at the wing spot, I, I think that could be a fun team to to watch and ultimately as well we all know the rumors that i basically took that into uh, consideration as well with the ngo russell you know maybe Mm -hmm. there's a trade trade deadline deal lying there who knows
1: Mm -hmm. they also i mean they get a healthy robert covington back which should make a big impact for them so yeah i mean if you're you know you mentioned uh with the thunder how gilgis alexander one player can really push a whole team up i mean even with Wiggins. I, I mean, I'm genuinely interested to see if Wiggins improves. I mean, maybe this mm-hmm. is finally the year it happens, but even if it doesn't, yeah, I mean, Towns is just a such a singularly impressive player that if he makes the strides, especially on defense, he's going to force himself right back into that best big man in the league conversation pretty quickly. The Miami Heat were number 21 for us. I was highest on them at 20. Uh, Dave, 21, Mort, 22. So we all agree they're like, somewhat intriguing but not especially so dave we're
3: gonna watch jimmy butler play for only the last three minutes of the game
1: <laughs> right <laughs> after he wakes up at 3 30 every day for a 7 p.m game yeah yeah turns out sleep is good jimmy butler i i get you're trying to be you know heat culture and work harder than everyone else but it's also healthy to get sleep sometimes so that's cool but yeah i mean Jimmy's interesting. Justice and Bam, it'll be fun to see how they develop, yeah. especially with no white side there now. Bam should have free reign to kind of go go ham. Uh, and Tyler Hero is getting some early, you know, he was a breakout in summer league, and Jimmy's already kind of like taken under his wing and saying, like, I love this kid. He's got the right attitude. So I'm excited to see them. Orlando Magic, Dave, you mentioned earlier. We had them at 20 overall. I had them 22. Mort had them 23. You have them 12th. Yeah. Who who uh, is doing it for you? John Isaac. Oh, yeah, okay. I got a feeling. Yep. Not the guy. I, huh.
3: Listen, this dude, uh, the second half of last season really figured it out. And if he's going to be healthy, that guy is going to be insane. Like I, I'm thinking, he he's going to take a leap this year. If. Just look, judging how he figured things out second half last year. Mm -hmm. I think he's got a leap in him this year. Uh, People are going to, going to mention Siakam a lot Mm -hmm. with him um, if he can stay healthy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really, really interested to watch them right now. If for some reason he's not healthy, I will, you know, I'll try not to watch Orlando.
1: (laughs) Right. 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 I mean, the big thing with me with Orlando is just like, I don't know how they find enough minutes for everyone in that front court with Bamba, Vucevic, Isaac, Gordon, they bring in Al Farouk, Aminu. They still have Kem Birch. So, if, you know, if they're they going to have to shift some of those guys to the three at some point, which makes me sad. But maybe there's a consolidation trade in there where they get Aaron Gordon. He gets freed and goes somewhere else. And Denver. Isaac, Denver. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, the Markel Fultz thing also is still hanging over them. You know, he I wrote about him today at the B-Ball Raiders. Um I think he really determines their ceiling. Like I think they have a relatively safe floor. Just they're going to probably get out to a hot start just cuz they have the same core from last year, which, you know, that continuity is going to help while all of these other teams are figuring out all of these new pieces. So, you know, they're probably a 35-40 win team, maybe they can go a little higher having faults if he, even if the three-pointers not there yet, even if he's just taking mid-range shots. That's bet Like, he just needs to have confidence. Like, he had no confidence in his shot for those two years in Philly, and he made him reluctant to drive to the rim a lot. It made him reluctant to drive and get fouled, because the free throws he knew were going to be scrutinized heavily. All of the reports sound good about him so far. I'm hoping that we start to see the player he was heading into the draft in 2017, because he really could raise their ceiling. He he gives them an, Absolutely. an element that they did not have last year. And they've openly been saying, like, we need this kid. You know, like, we, we didn't have anyone who could draw free throws. Like, we were 30th in free throws and free throw attempts last year. Having a Markel Fultz who can create off the dribble like that gives them an extra boost to that offense, which is what really, you know, their defense was great. They were 8th in the league, but their offense, they just, I think they were 22nd. Like, they, they struggled to create shots. Yeah, can and, I just and the
3: middle of the middle of the East is vulnerable. Yeah, we don't know what Oladipo is <laughs> going to look like. I'm I'm a doubter on the Celtics defense this mm. year. Oh yeah, um, and it, everyone knows how I feel about their offense. Um, I, I I think that there's a chance that they could go. I mean, I, I think they're they're probably like the sixth seed. They could potentially be the fourth seed mm-hmm. if if Fultz can contribute and if if Isaac has this leap that I expect. And if, you know, Aaron Aaron Gordon can do anything. so Yeah. Uh, can with, I yeah. open
0: Pandora's box, though? Yeah. We've seen all those, you know, meaningless YouTube, uh, Twitter videos of yeah, Markel of shooting and all that. And we're, you know, we're seeing a lot of people typing out, oh, it looks so much improved. And, Brian, you and I had a DM <laughs> conversation <laughs> about this. Am I the only one who doesn't see one bit of a difference? Like, Dave, you're a coach. Talk yeah, me through yeah. it.
3: No, it's not, <clears throat> it's not really that much different. It's a little bit smoother, but it's not where it was when he was coming out of college. Right, and, and um, now, but with that being said, I'm not judging any anything until I see him play a game. Of
1: course, yeah, yeah.
3: So uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm out on all those little, you know, guys shooting in an open gym, <laughs> empty gym thing, <laughs> like people showing me Lonzo's shot, saying it's different. It doesn't look different to me. Um, I need to see it in a game. Yeah, so.
1: I, I, I agree with that and I mean again I, I think it's ideally of course like we'd love to see him have that same shot that he had coming into yeah. the league but even if he doesn't I just think you know the willingness to shoot is almost as important as being able to knock down the shots as crazy as it yep. sounds like if he's yeah. not willing to shoot at all teams are going to play them like they play Ben Simmons and completely sag off if he's at least a threat to shoot then that changes the way teams have to defend him. So, I am genuinely curious to see what Fultz looks like this year. Early reviews have been good. Clifford, his co- his teammates have all been saying the right things. I hope the kid has figured it out because you know the league's better with more healthy talent. And yep, whatever happened the last two years, who knows. The Boston Celtics came in at 19 for us. I was way higher on them than you guys. I have them at 13. You have the Dave, you have a 20. more. you were at 24.
0: So explain yourself, Brian. Yeah.
1: So
3: you really, he's a really big fan of watching Ennis Cantor getting cooked in the yep. pick and roll. <laughs>
0: oh, well, Brian <laughs> loves the Celtics. I mean, that's partly why I think it's just the hidden love of the Celtics.
1: I genuinely am excited to see Ennis Cantor getting hooked in the pick and roll. That is correct. No, but I I mean, like, they were just so frustrating to watch last year because they openly hated each other (laughs) that I think having Kemba in there is going to make a world of difference. I think we actually see the leap from Tatum and Brown, or at least some progress from Tatum and Brown that we didn't get to see last year that we were all expecting to see. I'm hopeful that Gordon Hayward... Is closer to his Utah form than he was last year Where he was just you know, obviously coming back from that severe injury And you saw it in bits and pieces But he never really strung it together consistently night to night So I'm hoping we get more consistency out of him this year um, And then, yeah, Dave, I'm with you Their defense is going to suck But that should actually make for more entertaining games I hope
3: Okay. I mean, I just you know, yeah. their their offense just drives me crazy. Um I love Kemba. Kemba is one of my favorite players to watch. Uh that defense is going to be awful. I just you know, they're like they're I had him at 20. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, that's kind of how I feel about him. It's it's like a uh it's like a 50 degree day.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly like there wasn't much especially in that 10 to 20 range for me, it was really hard to like the degrees of separation between a lot of these teams is not significant. Like there's a much bigger gap between my top like eight or nine and then these next 10. So you could kind of throw them in any order, but sounds like you're regretting now. No, I, I am genuinely intrigued to see. You know, there are a lot of Celtics fans are out there saying they could be the three seed in the East. I'm excited to see.
3: A lot of Celtics fans say a lot of crazy <laughs> shit. I know
1: <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> uh, the Indiana Pacers came in at 18th for us. We basically consensus here, Mort. You were 16, Dave, 17, me, 19. I the Oladipo uncertainty. I I think if Victor Oladipo was coming into this season healthy they would be higher for me i'm assuming the same is true for you guys but we don't know when he's coming back or what he's going to look like um, right i, the, I mean I, the turner sabonis thing is probably one of the more interesting storylines for me like if these guys are a long-term fit together because we we didn't really see all that much of it last year i think they played like 500 some minutes together which is not an enormous sample size so i think that's kind of the big question until oladipo comes back but more you did have them the highest of the three so what uh why did you put them at 16
0: because their off-season moves made it as such they don't have to you know work 125 percent for every single point that they scored last season they finally yeah, have an true. offense where everything you know doesn't have to go be as difficult and and look I am not basing anything off of one preseason game played in India. I'm really <laughs> not. But they were moving a lot better. It was a way more enjoyable game to watch. I think that Pacers game that we saw today was probably more fun than any Pacers game I've seen over the past three years. In, in terms well, Nate of-
3: McMillan is a really good coach.
0: He is, yeah.
3: And he's good at making adjustments. And I think... You know, I, I didn't watch the game, but I've seen a couple of highlights. Uh, Miles Turner spacing out to the corner mm-hmm. is something that did not happen last year. Mm-hmm. And it has to happen for him and Sabonis to have success together on the court. So if it's going to happen with regularity, hey, that's that could be a thing. It might it might work. Um, but for me, it's all about the question marks with Oladipo and not knowing if he's going to come back because that's the, that's their ceiling razor. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else, I mean, hey, they can they can stay afloat. They they did last year for the majority of the season without Oladipo and they were really good, but they don't have Thad Young, and he was a big part of that. So, um and, and not to mention Boyan Bogdanovich. Can mm-hmm. can Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb carry the, the offensive burden that Boyan did for them? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well
0: they they need to because TJ Warren is there as well and he, he would really played seamlessly into that role here today. I mean I think they they're looking at him as being like the shot taker uh and trying to balance it out with with Brockton in the, in the backcourt i think those are the, going to be the two primary guys without without Depot in terms of like shot volume uh, we know miles turner isn't a 17 18 point uh per game guy at least not yet maybe he will be this year mm-hmm. if he gets some traction but i don't know i just kind of like their makeup overall. role i i think they just they sacrifice some defense and they sacrifice some leadership but they got some offensive fluidity that I thought they really, really
4: missed last year. But time will tell. Yeah. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony. But you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to Harry's.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's Harry's.com code 5,000. Enjoy!
1: The Brooklyn Nets are at 17 for us. I was highest on them at 15. Mort, you have them 18. Dave at 19. I, if I'm going to defend my rank, I mean, I've said this repeatedly throughout the summer. I think this could just be Kyrie putting last year behind him and having a great season. And I'm excited to see if he could do that. And if he does, like what that looks like. I, again, the Nets aren't going to be a title contender until Kevin Durant comes back. He's presumably not going to come back this year, so I'm not saying they're you know they're going to be the most fun team to watch because they're going to blow every team out. I don't think that's going to be the case this year, but I'm excited to see Karis Levert hopefully take another step forward to see if DeAndre Jordan was totally washed or if that was just like him cashing them checks for a year and maybe he has motivation to play now. We'll see Torian Prince going into a contract year, what he brings to the table. I think the nets have a lot of interesting pieces and i'm excited to see how they fit um but dave you had them lowest at 19 are you out on Kyrie?
3: um no i think he's gonna average like 30 points a game
1: oh okay
3: yeah um but i just don't think they're gonna be all that good i think they're actually they're gonna be less fun for me to watch than they were last year um because it's gonna be very much like give Kyrie the ball and everyone else get out of the way. I, I think that Kyrie probably watched what D'Angelo Russell got to do mm-hmm. when, when Brooklyn was struggling with injuries. And he's like, well, if, if he can do that, <laughs> imagine what I can do. And he's right. Cause he's, you know, he's just like a crazy talent. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, if, if Levert takes a, another leap or if he plays like he did until he got hurt, um, they could they could be a top four seed, but I, I think they're somewhere in that four to six range.
1: Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, uh, Toronto Raptors. We were basically all consensus. Our, our overall rank was sixteen. Dave, you had them sixteen. Mort, seventeen. Me, eighteen. So basically, no Kawhi. You know, it's with all due respect to the defending champions, no Kawhi, no repeat title. You know, Pascal Siakam will be fun to watch just to see how he fits in. Has that number one OG. option. OG will be good. OG Ananobi. Yeah.
3: Right? Like, that's the guy. That's one of my, my five guys that I'm really watching out of the gate. Because if if OG can actually show that he's developed, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. And, and you know, maybe Siakam has another, another leap in him. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, part of this, much like you did with the Thunder, David, part of this was a hedge against who knows what they do at the trade deadline. They've got all those expiring mm-hmm. contracts on the books. We'll see if uh, Masai Ujiri gets an itchy trigger finger. Dallas Mavericks came in at 15, and there there is some difference here. Mort, you were highest on them at 10. I had mm-hmm. them at 14. Dave at 18. So, Mort, we'll start with you. I'm guessing this is just Luca and Kristaps, right? I mean, I'm a fat Euro, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Dave, why would you have them at 18?
3: Um, I just don't believe in a seven footer coming back from an ACL tear.
1: That is fair. And
3: right. I I think they're not going to be great. You know, worry about the second year wall with Luca, although, you know, he's, he's fantastic and big and that helps. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. I I think that, uh, they're, they're not going to be as good as people expect because of, I I, you know, I'm low on KP coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I just feel like those teams. It's going to be interesting to see how a team without Dirk on it is. That that's another thing is like, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to run a little bit more? Maybe they're going to be more fun, mm-hmm. right? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I'm obviously excited about Luca and Kristaps as well, but the lack of a good supporting cast makes me somewhat low on this. Like, I you know they have Seth Curry, who I'm excited to see, but otherwise, like I don't really care about tim hardaway jr or courtney lee or anyone like that so those two players were not enough to bump them any higher for me shockingly the chicago bulls came in at 14 i had them at 16 dave at 14 and mort was at seven who could have seen that coming uh mort aside from blatant homerism why were you so high on the bulls
0: wendell carter jr and solely Wendell Carter Jr. I absolutely love him. I think he's the guy on that roster with the highest ceiling. Um, mm. That's not to say I'm not going to be intrigued by Zach Levine and Lauren Markin, but without Wendell Carter uh, on this roster, the Bulls would have been 15, 16, maybe more later uh, for me. The wow. second year leap that I'm expecting from him is significant. He, you know, he he had a. A muscle in his abdominal uh, area that, that was kind of annoying him since the age of 15, apparently. And he sorted that out and said that he's never felt better. Mm. That's huge for a big man who's as agile as he is and being asked to do so many things. Um, he can be used as a, as a playmaking hub at the center position. He is a developing defender. Very, very strong baseline from the first year. He can score the ball. He can shoot. He can, you know, dribble handoff. He can even score in the posts here and there. He's not a strong post up player, but in this day and age, you don't necessarily need to be—at least not consistently. Um, I just love everything that he brings to the table, and you know, I'm looking at a guy who, eventually, if everything goes right in his development, is an All NBA player. So I, mm. I'm very high on this kid.
1: Fair enough. I I would have thought you were going to say marketing, so I'm genuinely surprised by. I, well, I, know I, you, I, like I know you like yeah, Markin. Yeah, I know you love Carter, but I would have thought marketing You know, because he, he had that that stretch in February, where he averaged like twenty six and twelve or something like that. So yeah, I seemed, don't buy
0: into that. Like a lot, I've yeah. seen that a lot of you know Bulls fans and 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 writers are pointing to that. I don't think it's a sustainable for him to average like twenty six and twelve over you know a full season. I think. The truth of the matter is he's somewhere in between what his regular season line was uh, overall and the February month because he mm-hmm. came back injured last year. I yep. I think he is what he is. Like, he's a very good scoring power forward who is developing on the glass and is becoming slowly a better defender. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever going to be a good defender. I don't think he's ever going to be a shot blocker. I don't think he's ever going to be a downright dominant rebounder. Uh, I think he's a guy who's going to top out at you know, 21, 22 points and, and with refined shooting and, and playmaking, ultimately, he's going to be a a all-star here and there, but Carter is the guy I see as a potential franchise turnaround
1: player. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you make me feel better because I just did the Bulls season preview for the step back and one of the questions was, who should lead the Bulls in scoring this year? And I said Zach Levine instead of Markkinen, so I
0: Oh yeah, no. I mean, okay. for this year, absolutely. I mean, yeah. in in two or three years, that maybe that story changes. But Levine should probably. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if he was in the conversation for uh, league leader in points. That yeah, agreed. Me.
3: Yeah, I agree. Second year back from the ACL tear. Mm-hmm. That's when guys are normally back. So um, yeah, yeah, second I'm full year. On that one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. So the Memphis Grizzlies. This one, we might have had the most divergence of all. They were 13th overall. Mort, you have them at 6. Dave was at 11. I was at 17. So I want to just go down the, the row so that we can all explain our ranks. So, Mort, we'll start with you. Why do you have them at 6? I
0: just love this roster. I get that they're not going to be good. This is not going to be a team that wins a lot of games. But, I mean, John Moran, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Ties Jones, even Josh Jackson, on some level, because now he's away from Phoenix and maybe he has a chance to sort of recalibrate. Like, there's just Jonas Valanciunas. I, I absolutely love. Still, I have a soft spot for him. There's there just so many guys on that roster who I love and who I like to see play basketball. And given that this is a you know league pass ranking, that's mm-hmm. gonna rate extremely high for me.
1: That is fair, uh, Dave. You had him at eleven.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I,
3: again, the the roster's fun. Uh, I want to see what Jaron Jackson looks like in a full season. Can he stop fouling so much? <laughs> uh, um, Marco Good Zurich, I, I think he's going to be really fun and interesting. He, he He's going to walk into every gym thinking he's the best player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not, but he's going to think it. And those guys are always fun. That's why I love Hazonia. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of it. it. It's really a lot to do with Jaron Jackson. Though. I want to see what jaron jackson playing center uh looks like i think they're going to do that a little bit more this year uh, clearly he's going to play some with with Jonas, but um yeah it's all mostly jaron jackson
1: yeah i mean i i'm also very high on the grizzlies young core at brandon clark as well i'm excited to see him but i just think especially with a rookie point guard leading the way they're going to get their brain speed in most nights and so like it'll be fun to see you know Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Brandon Clark, how those guys develop. But otherwise, you know, I I don't think they're going to be competitive uh, on very many nights. Uh, That's why they They might have the
3: worst record in the league. Yeah,
1: that's that's what pushed them down a little bit further for me is just I I think, you know, especially it takes time for rookie point guards and for young big men. And when you combine the two, it's just it could be a rough year in terms of. You know, maybe the first half is close, and then the second half is just garbage time.
3: They're going to be fun, though.
1: They will be fun. They will be fun. Uh, Sacramento Kings came in at 12 for us. Mort, you were highest on them at 8. I had them at 10. And Dave, you had them at 15. Why do you hate the Sacramento Kings? I don't hate them.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I I think that uh, changing coaches is going to be rougher on them Mm -hmm. than people are are giving credit for. Um, You know? I don't know if Luke Walton is a good coach. That is, there's a lot fair. of question marks there. You know, Can't, I'm a believer in De'Aaron Fox, but mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know, I, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be as competitive as last year. The West is, you know, obviously a, a lot tougher. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I, I feel like we kind of know this team. They didn't have a whole lot of change. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's whatever. Dwayne Deadman will be good.
1: Yeah. Yes. Dwayne Dedman will be good, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm mostly excited to see if Fox has another leap in him, if Buddy Heald has another leap in him, especially if he doesn't sign an extension in the next couple weeks because he'll be headed into a contract year. Bogdan, nope. What?
0: done Bogdanovich, man. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Come on. <laughs> yeah, him to end. Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles. Like yeah. They have a lot of young, fun talent. But, Dave, it's a very fair point. We don't know what they're going to look like under Luke Walton and yep. you know hopefully that doesn't hold them back because they turned into I mean just let the kids run man it's like you have the fastest player in the league a De'Aaron Fox you better not run a slow-paced offense yep exactly Portland Trailblazers came in at 11 for us Mort you and I both have them at 9 and Dave at 13 so Dave I'm going to ask you the same question why do you hate the Portland Trailblazers <laughs>
3: Uh, i just i think i know what this team is Mm. and and dame is appointment viewing all right i'll say that right now and i'll probably watch every single blazers game but uh you know we have an idea of what they are and they're not fully formed Mm -hmm. so until Nurkic is back and healthy you know i just don't think that you gotta really you know you're not gonna have to dig in on them yeah how dare you say that doesn't mean i won't i will (laughs) right Right. But the average person probably just, you know, catch them, catch them when they're playing, you know, one of the top eight teams.
1: Yeah, or when they're on national TV. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see if Hassan Whiteside can stay motivated and uh, how he fit. And there was a quote the other day saying he's, like, he's big in the ball movement in, uh, in Portland, which is ironic because he was a black hole in Miami. And he was talking about how he could average a triple-double. So... Point center Hassan Whiteside could be a fun development in Portland this year, at least until Nurkic comes I, back. Hey,
3: I'd be happy if he just actually made contact on screen. <laughs> if he does that, if he does
1: that, it's a game changer. Yeah, especially with David CJ in the backcourt. Yeah, like that's really all he has to do on offense. Like he's probably not going to get many plays run for him. So yes
3: Rebound Rebound And actually make Contact on screen Right
1: Yeah (laughs) It's worth 27 million dollars Definitely Houston Rockets Came in at number 10 for us Uh, I was highest On them at 7 Dave at 9 And Mort at 14 And Mort I would ask Why you hate The Rockets But I think We all know Already (laughs) But Is is it just Westbrook Part of it Okay Um I am not a fan of, of
0: of Westbrook if you haven't paid attention to this podcast ever. Um,
1: <laughs> but more so
0: than that, it's you know it's it's about league pass rankings again. I mean, it's about what you find aesthetically pleasing, and mm-hmm. I, I I think James Harden is one of the great offensive players in the history of the game, and I greatly appreciate what he does in the basketball courts in terms of innovative moves like just having a one footed step back. It's it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous, but at the same time, I, I kind of know what he is now. It, they, they, the team doesn't really surprise me a lot anymore. And frankly, last year was, to me at least, kind of a snooze fest. It was mm-hmm. the same things over and over again. Harden on the ball with the step backs. A lot of people just standing around and watching. That, that just didn't thrill me as much. So, I mean, I get that they're likely going to get better. And, and Westbrook will add a touch of his own... Insanity in a good way as well. So I, I'm not necessarily crabbing on them in terms of quality, but I just don't necessarily like their playing style so far.
1: That's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I guess it'll come down to how much Harden and Rust defer to each other, because if it does turn into what last year's Rockets offense was, which was basically Harden dribble at the top of the key for 20 seconds and then fire a step back three they would be much lower on my list. But th- seeing how the fit between Harden and-, and Russ plays out is why I'm so high on them this year, because I like it's one of the biggest storylines across the NBA to monitor. I mean, you know, a lot of people have them in that mix of potential title contenders, and, like, that one question determines whether they're actually title contenders or whether they fall, you know, I, I think there's still a playoff team regardless, but whether they fall into that, like, mix with... Portland and the Spurs and the Pelicans and who else like you know in that six seven eight range rather than top four competing for home court, um, so yeah I mean I think it's gonna be a, a thing to monitor. We're not gonna get an answer right away. I at least I don't think we will. It'll be a developing storyline the whole year. Um, but seeing Russ in that D'Antoni system I think it could actually be fun despite you know his infuriating transition pull-up threes with 19 seconds left on the shot clock
0: the the thing that bothers me though is we all kind of expect harden to you know be more of a a team-oriented player now that russ is there but we somehow didn't you know find that as as a need when when chris effing paul was there why not Mm -hmm. like why are we switching over because Russ is there, like, oh, okay. Now he has to play this unselfish style where you know the, there's more movement, there's more, there's more, you know, shared responsibilities. Then, then why wasn't that relevant with Paul there? I don't understand that. Like that, that's a guy who can actually hit spot up threes. That's when you need to do it. Now you have a guy who can't hit hit spot up threes. So what? What's the point? It just seems ridiculous to me.
1: Well, that's what made me mad about the Rockets last year, is that I thought their offense was too stagnant. I wanted more ball movement, and I'm hoping that Westbrook, even if he's not passing as much, if he's just attacking the rim, just having that different element to the offense, which, you know, even when Harden rests now, they're still going to be able to have a guy in Westbrook who can really attack the rim, draw contact, or pass out to a bunch of open shooters, which they do still have, so... That will be intriguing, at least. Although Anthony Bennett, unfortunately, is not going to make the roster. So there go my dreams of Anthony Bennett redeeming himself in Houston.
3: I, I do think the fastball change-up quality of, of Westbrook and Harden are going to be pretty interesting. Um, and, and then I think Harden as a screener is going to mm-hmm. be pretty dangerous and devastating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to the idea. And Mike D'Antoni is a basketball genius. Like, yeah. Judging, judging what he's done the last few years, um, you know, or judging him by what he's done the last few years, I think would be a mistake. For sure.
1: So the Golden State Warriors came in at number nine for us overall. Mort, you had them at 12. I was 11. And Dave, you had them at five. So I will flip the question. And now I'll ask, why do you love the Warriors?
3: Uh, Steph Curry, MVP, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. If we get full Steph Curry ball in his hands, thirty points a game, it's going to be appointment viewing every single night.
1: That is fair. That's it,
3: plain and simple. He's the greatest show in the league. He's the best player in the league. Um, and there's there should be nothing holding him back. Mm-hmm. So if we get that, it's it's going to be fun.
1: How do you see the fit with him and D'Angelo Russell going?
3: I think it's fine as long as you know. Steph Curry doesn't lose touches (laughs) to D'Angelo Russell right so right yeah
1: yeah in retrospect I might be a little too low on them because you're right like fully unleashed MVP caliber Steph Curry will be super fun to watch um it might just be Warriors fatigue but it also I mean their supporting cast is lacking to say the least I mean Clay Thompson is out with the ACL Draymond I think will have a better season than he's had in the the past few years just because he's going to have to take on more responsibility but i'm wondering you know they have kevon looney like but aside from that it's like alfonso mckinney jordan pool like they i don't know where they get enough help elsewhere and if any of those guys maybe they'll develop into appointment viewing but they aren't quite there yet for me the utah jazz are at eight for us dave you and i both had them at number eight more, you were at 11, which surprises me given your Donovan Mitchell love.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Is, it, is it. Why do you have them uh, outside your top 10? Because, as you said at the top
0: of the show, this league is going to be entertaining as hell all year <laughs> long with so many teams. Someone had to go outside the top 10, and uh, they were close. I mean, you can't get as closer as that. Um, I, I'm I'm not low on them by any means, both in terms of the, the entertainment level and the quality of basketball. I'm very much looking forward to watching them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if nothing else, they should be more entertaining than they were the past few years because now they have oh, Mike, sure. Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich to help take some of that offensive load off of Donovan Mitchell's shoulders. So, you know, Utah has been synonymous with the top five defense for the last few years with Rudy Gobert in town. Now, hopefully, should, they should have a better offense too and hopefully they'll make them uh, if not a finals contender at least a western conference finals contender so I, I am likewise excited to see how they shake out um at number seven we have the atlanta hawks which is completely skewed by mort i had them at 12 dave at 10 mort you That's had a that- lot
3: of trey
0: young love
1: yeah number four Mhm. is it just trey young
0: and john collins no no it's the whole youth movement and that's that's where i'm coming from as well i love watching the young teams i mm-hmm. love watching teams that you know have a lot of potential and you know, to see them taking their next steps that's partly why i also had the bulls at seven i think i mentioned wendell um trey young had a fantastic rookie season in terms of like the expectations because you know you know brian you and i we were very you know cautious with him coming in last year And what did he end up averaging like 19.1 and 8.1 i think uh, just huge numbers. John Collins was almost at twenty ten. Uh, Kevin Herter played much better than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now you you're adding DeAndre Hunter. Cam Reddish is still a question mark to me, but it's intriguing. Um, Bruno is there as well. So I I I'm just kind of digging that youth movement they going uh, they've got going on, and I th- found them extremely entertaining to watch last year. Which yes. is again is what this boils down to. Like I, they play at a pace and a way that I love to watch. Yeah, see, and I'm out on youth. Mm. You're out. On I youth. like
3: good. I like good basketball players.
0: That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I, yeah. I, I I'm yeah. with the youth. I love the youth. Um, I I think that's where it gets interesting to me. Not to say that I'm not you know locked into the screen with the NBA Finals, but. There's so many you know so many games and so many seasons with great players like LeBron, for example, like one of the greatest players of all time at the worst top two, bores the living hell out of me.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll get to there in a second, but I, you know usually more, I, mean, I am with you on being pro youth and re- pushing those teams further up my list. And this is the one year with Memphis and Atlanta now where I'm lower on them. Than the consensus here as well Um, just because there there was so much player movement over the summer that like there are so many more questions about good teams that there are in most years like you know there isn't a golden state warriors team that we just know is going to make the finals and that depletes all interest in the regular season and there isn't a lebron james cleveland cavaliers and miami heat team that we know is just going to be the best team in the east so because there are so many questions about like how do James Harden and Russell Westbrook fit? And then, like, we'll get to the teams in the top in a second. Like, how do all of their new pieces fit together? That made me push the young teams down. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, like, the the youth movement in Atlanta. You could argue Atlanta's got one of probably the three best young cores in the league. Um, <laughs> Jabari Parker, maybe maybe not included in that, but I like. They should be super fun. I definitely did
0: not include Jabari in my (laughs) ranking, by the way. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, they'll be super fun to watch. I'm very high on their future. It's just with so many good teams this year facing questions that we don't often see, that's why they fell a little bit lower for me but more since you mentioned that you are out on LeBron James that would explain the Los Angeles rank, the Lakers who ranked at 6 for us I have him highest at 5 Dave was at 6 Wait, did I say he was out though did I say I was out on him you you said you he bored you yeah that doesn't mean expl- I out on him it's still which a great player man. why you have him at th- at the Lakers at 13
0: well it, it's that's not the entire full story though so what also affects me is media narrative and mm-hmm. the amount of, uh, you know, columns that are written about certain teams and how much they fill my timeline and all that. And you know what? I mean, yesterday we had a tweet from from Sports <laughs> yeah. Center, yeah, about the you know the closing lineup <laughs> of the Lakers practice. Like, you know what? Now I'm just done. Just shut up! Like I, I don't Karus-God. need to hear.
1: Huh? Alex Caruso God was it the in the closing five.
0: Yeah, I don't care. That's just that's that's just too much. I don't need to know everything that happens. Like, hey, the Lakers had, you know, mashed potato for lunch. Like, shut up. Shut up. It's not I, I'm tired of the overexposure. So that plays into it. Um and you yeah, also I have the thirteenth because I wanted to troll you with the next
1: one. Yeah, well you, you did that. You did that very well. But like I'm glad. LeBron and Anthony Davis, man, like I know they're I agree. The Lakers media narrative is gonna be annoying AF this year, but like at a certain point you just have to respect like that's the best duo in the league, pot I mean, depending on where you have them compared to Kawhi and Paul George. Top two at worst duo in the league. I'm excited to see how that fits together. And then, you know, we I talked about this with Gerald in the last episode with the rest of their lineup, like I I stand by this analogy. It's a puzzle and there's a very clear orientation of how you could arrange those pieces where it all makes sense. Does Frank Vogel stumble upon that or does he start Rajan Rondo and Dwight Howard next to those guys? It'll be really fun to see.
3: You're asking for a train wreck.
1: I know I, I'm asking I want Rondo and Howard off the bench. Like I, I think oh, okay. I, I want like a Bradley and Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma, like I want those guys. KCP to play with LeBron and Davis, so you can maximize everyone. But I, I'm afraid that it's going to be like Rondo and Caruso at the playoffs. I'll Dwight be honest, Howard. Brian,
0: you endorse you endorse chaos
1: though. Usually, but yeah. I I think especially after last year, it felt weird to have LeBron not in the playoffs. Like I want him back in the playoffs. I, I don't. I know Lakers fans are going to be annoying. I want them to suffer like some brutal second round loss. I oh think my that's... God, I
0: love that vacation of not having LeBron in the playoffs. That oh. was so nice.
1: No, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, I'm excited. Eh. I'm excited to see him and Davis. I hope both of those guys could stay healthy. That's really where I'm at with the Lakers. The Philadelphia 76ers came in at number five, again, completely skewed by Mort. I had them three, Dave at four, and Mort at 15. What in the actual hell?
3: This is a troll. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I I think the Sixers are are fascinating because I don't know who's going to create shots for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not convinced that Brett Brown's offense is going to do it for them. Um, Will Horford actually shoot threes instead of pump faking? Like, he probably (laughs) needs to take six or seven. He probably needs to shoot six or seven threes a game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to to really provide spacing on that team. And, and, you know, he's a good three-point shooter, but he needs to shoot them. So yeah, I, I think that from just a fascinating standpoint, I don't know how uh entertaining they're gonna be unless you really love defense, right. which I do. Yeah. Um I think they're gonna be fun there. I think Zaire Smith is, is gonna be yeah interesting to watch. But uh yeah. Yeah. That, that that's why that's why I've got them so
0: high. All in on the Zaire Smith love. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Very intrigued by him. So were if you weren't trolling, where would you have put the Sixers?
0: I, I, I would put them higher than the Lakers for sure. Okay. um yeah, probably just right outside the top ten, I think. Uh, so okay. I'm still, I'm still lower on them than you guys are. But again, it's because you know I've watched so much Sixers over the past couple of years, in large part because of you, uh, you maniac. So I, I, I kind of know what they are, and at least their staples. What What's interesting to me is it's not necessarily the, the Ben Simmons jump shot it's what it does to him for just taking open jump shots, not necessarily threes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that open up? Yeah. Like, now that he's no longer in the dunker spot and he's more based in the corner and, like, he says, oh, if if I get one, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. You know, what does that do to their offense? How does that change? Because right now it just seems, I, I felt over the past two years, it was the same damn game I watched every single time. Like the same setup, uh, you know, MB trying to score off of a ton of volume, taking bad shots from the outside, you know, Ben trying to force his way to the cup. It was the same, you know, thing all over and over again. And those two components are still there. So I'm just, I want to see some movement in that shape, in in that form. I want to see one of them become a good shooter. I want to see one of them at, at the very least diversify their game a bit more. Then we can talk.
1: So, Embiid said he worked all summer on his off the dribble stuff, especially once once Redick and Butler were gone. He's like, "I know, you know, we especially Redick, he's like, "We don't have a shooter who commands that kind of respect where it's like you can't leave this guy. So teams are going to dare us to shoot. I can't just post up in the playoffs. It gets too hard teams throw doubles at me. It's whatever." So, he's that was his focus, but I I'm, I'm writing about Ben Simmons for Forbes right now. Um And just the comments coming out from him at media day and from him at practice and teammates at practice and Brett Brown at practice. It just sounds like Ben Simmons, something clicked for him this summer. And I genuinely am starting to think he's in for like an absolutely monster season. He just sounds more confident in, you know, like he's giving the token like, oh, I don't care what people think anymore. But like, you can kind of see it. Like the body language and the way he's saying it makes you actually believe that he just, for whatever reason, is not putting stock into criticism as much as he used to. Um, I think Tobias Harris takes a big step forward as that number two option. So, you know, Dave, I'm right with you. Like, offense is clearly the question with this team because I think defense, they're going to be smothering. Uh, And I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see that. Like, I think, especially with Zaire and then Matisse Taiboul coming off the bench as well, like, they should have a top – I, I say top five as a four. Like, really, they should have a top three defense. And I think that's just, like, them just reaping souls every night is going to be very entertaining to watch, especially against Boston. The Milwaukee Bucks came in at number four for us, uh, which is actually funny because, Mort, you were highest of them at five. I had them at six, and Dave at seven. So none of us had them as high as four, but every other team had at least one person, namely Mort pushing the the uh, teams down a little bit. So, I mean, guys, it's it's Giannis, of course, rating MVP, right. who is only at 60% of his potential, apparently. But, <laughs> uh, Dave, what else about the Bucs excites you this year?
3: That's it. Just I mean, it,
1: I just need to see Giannis. Yeah. That's it. Just give me Giannis. That is that is reasonable. And you were highest on them at five, also just Giannis, or is there something else? The Lopez oh, yeah, like-
0: brothers... Right, so 90% of it is is Giannis, obviously. But I'm also very intrigued by Robin Lopez shooting threes because he had so many opportunities to do that in Chicago the past couple years, but he turned them down. And on the few occasions that he didn't, it actually looked like a pretty good shot. Like The the rotation was pretty good, and he he nailed a couple. And The ones that were off weren't off by a lot. I think he had one air ball, uh, and that was about it. So I, I think he's going to be put in a situation this year where he's going to be asked to mimic Brooke a lot, like just take a lot of threes when you have them. Mm. I think that could be interesting to just see how the offense opens up just a little bit more. For sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm curious to see how the loss of Brogdon affects them, how Kyle Korver, Wes Matthews fit in. But yeah, ultimately this is this this is a vote for Giannis, for all of us. So we're at the top three now, and we all three of us had – the next three teams in our top five so there's general consensus about like the most fun teams to watch this year the los angeles clippers come in at number three more you had the number one overall dave you were at three i was at four so more why are they your number one team this year
0: so the i mean the clippers are the exception to the rule about you know liking the young teams this Mm -hmm. is a team that i think are the championship favorites i love Kawhi leonard i love paul george i love montressel harrell lou williams Landry Shaman. I love that entire roster. Like Mo Harkless coming off the bench to Michael Green. They have Ivaka Subaj. They have Patrick Beverly at the point, who is just one of my favorite defensive players to watch. Everything about them just speaks to me. So that's, I, I, I couldn't pick them uh, outside number one. I just couldn't. That is,
1: that is fair. Um, I put them at four only because I'm just not sure how much we're going to see George and Kawhi together during the regular season. I know Kawhi is talking like he's not going to get load managed, but he's probably going to get load managed, at least. Maybe not to the extent he did last year, but I can't imagine the Clippers you know, hearing him during the finals say, I wouldn't be here if not for load management. I can't imagine they're like, oh, yeah, all right, play uh, 82 games. Play 37 minutes a game. You know, that's not going to happen. And Paul George is also going to miss the first couple weeks of the season with that shoulder injury, so that's why... They were a little lower for me, but I'm right with you. They, they are my championship favorite heading into the year. I think they're going to be, you know, if I'm, if I'm giving the Sixers credit for having a great defense, Clippers are going to have the best perimeter defense of any team in the league with those two in Beverly. So that's why they are three overall. Number two, the New Orleans Pelicans. Dave, you had them number one overall. I was two. Mort was three. Dave, why are they your number one team?
3: Uh, I think it's gonna be fun. <laughs> that's it. Like uh, obviously Zion, but but I'm a big fan of Drew Holiday. I think Derek Favors at the five there is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Healthy Lonzo, uh, you know, maybe maybe we see Brandon Ingram playing like he did when LeBron was out last year. Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting.
1: Maybe we'll. I think see, it's gonna be fun. We'll I, I thought you
3: were out on youth, man. <laughs> Zion's not youth though. So like that's like <laughs> transcendent talent. <laughs> Transcendent talent. And, and and the thing is, like, some of their youth is a little older and has good – like, they're good at basketball. That's right? true. So
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we've seen – you know, I, this is year three of Lonzo, year four of Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, I think year three as well. So we at least know what we're getting out of some of those guys. And, yeah, I mean, like, the, the free agent signs Reddick too. Like, he's going to be such a perfect fit next to Zion. It seems like Alvin Gentry – is just going to let the young guys run, which is great. Like, you have the personnel not to play a plotting style. Like, use Zion the way he should be used, and this team should be a lot of fun. We've already seen, you know, some videos from training camp with, like, Lonzo throwing passes off the backboard and Zion dunking them down. So, like, you got to figure Zion is going to be good for at least one, you know, sports center top 10 highlight every night uh yeah this i I don't know if his team makes the playoffs but they're definitely going to be one of the most entertaining teams to watch this year
0: and he's gonna play unlike like any philly rookie over the past five years
1: (laughs) don't jinx it there's still three weeks before the season starts but yes hopefully he will not have a final destination type food allergy or mystery shoulder injury or whatever (laughs) what? <laughs> I'm still scared. Like, what's what's going to happen to Matisse? He's he's survived so far, but something bad is going to happen in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah, it is. And then coming in at number one on our list are the Denver Nuggets. Should be no surprise. I have them at number one. You guys both had them at number two. For me, look, I love fat guy touchdowns in football. So, like, what's the NBA equivalent? It's Nikola Jokic throwing fat guy Fat guy touchdown passes to Michael Porter Jr. as full court outlets. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I think Michael Porter Jr., of course, being active and seeing what they have out of him is, I think, you know, I know the Nuggets didn't make a lot of offseason changes. They got Jeremy Grant, but otherwise that's it. Like they're running back the same core, but they have a bunch of young talent seeing how those guys continue to develop. If Jamal Murray can be more consistent, if we get a better Gary Harris than we saw last year. What they get at MPJ, they can get funky with some lineups. Jeremy Grant is a small ball five. I know our friend of the podcast TJ McBride has clamored for that as well. Uh, Dave, what are you excited for out of the Nuggets this year?
3: Um, I think they have a consolidation trade to make, mm. and I'm I'm wondering if they can swing Bradley Beal. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, but but you know, it's just another year with this young group together. They were a lot of fun last year. I think that they could be on the verge of a of a finals run. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, obviously Jokic is entertaining as hell. Uh, if Michael Porter Jr. is going to be healthy, that'll be fun. It's just uh, one of the more fun teams in the league. The the ball movement's great. I don't know. They're just a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: the I mean the offense is spectacular, and their defense is okay, but that lends to more offense on both sides. Who's opposed to high-scoring games? More yeah. anything else from the Nuggets that you would like to add?
0: I mean, you you guys more or less said everything. I just hope Will Barton has a bounce-back year. I mean, mm. they were so entertaining last year with Harris out and Barton you know, not being able to discover his game as much. Mm-hmm. So if they figured that out, it, I mean, that, that just adds to it, right? I, yeah. This team is ridiculously talented and so deep, so... Even if someone goes down, like, there's just continuous talent available. And, uh, you know, Jeremy Grant, as mentioned, just a crazy addition. And I, I secretly hope that they somehow make a trade for for Aaron Gordon as well. That would be wonderful.
1: I did see a quote from Barton today because I guess Mike Malone said it was, like, an open competition at small forward. And he was like, oh, there's a competition? I didn't know that. So. So it will be interesting to see how that, because, you know, you got to figure the four spots, uh, Murray, Harris, Millsap, Jokic are locked in, what they do at small four, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple weeks. But regardless, they should be a lot of fun this year. So, you know, we've rambled on for long enough, but the moral of the story is this league is going to be extremely fun to watch, almost no matter who you're a fan of, unless you're a Hornets fan, in which case... Go find a new team for the next couple of years. But otherwise, a lot of good stuff to watch this year. Dave, thank you again for joining us one more time. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work?
3: Uh, all my stuff is over at the Athletic. All the podcasts, and uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA. So you know that I actually talk about basketball. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. Give Dave a follow. He is always entertaining. And check him out, all of his many, many pods on The Athletic. Uh, Also, please give us a follow on Twitter, at TheNBAPod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. Please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Teporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen and Dave Dufour. Have a good one, guys. You too,
0: Brian. And I would advise everyone to go watch Joker.
1: It's fantastic. I'm totally shocked the DC fanboy thought Joker was good. Yeah, you're going to be eating those words when you watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to it.
2: Napa No How why should you buy a 99 cent napa bag because it's no ordinary bag it can save you 20 percent on three or more items you can fit inside some call that magic. Others say it's the eighth wonder of the world. But whatever it is, it's the best way to save you 20% on brakes, filters, wipers, and more. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores. While supplies last, minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends
4: 10:31:19. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk.